Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated, and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hooptheory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hooptheory. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to the Kevin Durant episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 35. My name is Logan Wortman, and as usual, I am joined by the one, the only, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how's it going? It is going fantastic. That is great to hear, especially since the Celtics have forced a Game 7 over in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and honestly, the, it was more like the way they forced the Game 7, because it was not a good Celtics game. It wasn't as bad as the Games 5 but it was like, it was an all-time, if Marcus Smart keeps hooping like he does and is like about uh, an edge Hall of Famer, that game gets played for sure. Hall of Famer's a bit extreme, but you know what I mean? Like, if he, when people are debating his legacy, where he ends up being the hustle guy of the year three times in a row, Game 6 in Philadelphia will cannot be forgotten. Because mm-hmm. people like slept on the fact that he carried the Jays offensively for the first two quarters, which is terrifying to think that that's how we won that game yeah but it's how we got it done and then jason tatum uh kind of finally showed up which was nice but yeah it uh it was a little spooky but we got through it we're going on to game seven optimistic is not the right word i'm just excited to close out the series is that what you're saying i think they can this this also might be crazy even if the celtics would have lost that game six i personally still would have not felt like the sixers were a better basketball team if that makes sense i do see what you're saying there Because, like, the way the Sixers won, not disrespecting the Sixers' wins, two of them, I feel, were, like, crazy fluke. Not that James Harden's not capable of scoring 45, but, like, when they lost in, was game five they lost, Maxi is capable of scoring 30 points, but also he doesn't score 30 points at the same time as Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Daniel House Jr. does not put up 18. That's craziness. Mm-hmm. And that's because I think I texted in our group chat like the basketball gods just don't want Boston to come out of this one on top. Yeah, because it was and it was Boston self-inflicted for a lot of it. But it was like like I thought the Hawks last five minutes of the Hawks game five was the worst basketball that I had watched. Mm-hmm. We've seen some quarters where I'm like in game what? six. You think? But no, yeah, just game five, game six, game two or game one. I mean, like I've just seen some moments where I'm like. What the heck? It also bugs me that Philly wins the close ones. That really bugs me. When things Mm -hmm. are a couple points in Philly, and maybe it's – yeah. I could go into this for ramble on and on and on and on. But we're playing tomorrow. We've got a chance to take on the Heat, and that'll be, uh, I think, an interesting series. Whoever gets out, the Heat will have some issues, I think, (laughs) politely saying it that way. I would agree. Uh, They will – it's – 
I might argue that this next series would be the Heat's hardest series because the best players for their teams are actually there. Mm -hmm. And no disrespect to the New York Knicks, but I feel like the Knicks are one year out. And next year, I don't know if the Heat get past the Knicks because of what I came in with a lot of passion wanting to talk about. I guess unless you have any thoughts on the Sixers Celtics series. I was just going to say that Tatum might have played the best five of 21 game of all time in game six. (laughs) Just because of when, you know, the shots that he did put in actually, you know, came up uh, in crunch time in fourth quarter. I think he had 16, right? 16 of his 19. Yeah, he was one for 14 going into the fourth. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. And then my other. okay, And then sorry. Never mind. I lost it. Just totally (laughs) lost it. Um, Ah, yeah. Joe Mazzula called timeouts. Oh, yeah. I like. Mm -hmm. Let's go. To manage the game down the stretch. Yeah, he just did. No, it was. That was the, that fourth quarter was like, okay, we'll be okay getting back to the garden. It'll be a, a electric atmosphere. And the Sixers were like walking up and down the court. I was with, just about to say that. No, and then they like, Joan was like, well, I, I didn't touch the ball for the last four minutes of the game because you were walking for half of them. Like, yeah, you're, if, yeah, anyway, that's whatever. Mm-hmm. That was, that was interesting. How early they gave up. I'm like, it's only an eight point game. Yeah. To be fair, I think the Sixers were having a lot of troubles trying to make decent entry passes to Embiid in the post, but like, so I see his point a little bit. But also, you're right; that's he the was, Celtics thing. That's yeah. but the in, entry passes thing. Like Trey Young almost always did the inbounds for Atlanta, and then after Game Three, they just stopped trying because mm-hmm. they would just go. Marcus Smart was even big enough to. They just have every Celtic is awkwardly disruptive. Yeah. For the inbound pass. Like, it's like a weird thing that somehow they've learned to practice it. It's like special teams in football. It's like, you need to know how to do it, but it's not like, it's more important than, it. you know what I'm saying. Anyway, it's uh-huh. a crazy deal. I cut you off when you were going through your thoughts, but. No, that's all right. That game six was a lot, and I'm hoping that uh, game seven, this is the first game, like, where Boston's won, where I feel like Philly has, like, zero momentum. Because, mm-hmm. like, even though when we beat them in Philly, they still had taken a game in Boston game one. This is the game where I feel like it is stomped out. They're like, they know it's win or go home, but it is for both teams. And they just are not as hungry as Boston, I think. And I hope or I hope that I think. But that's what it looked like down the stretch for sure. But yeah, you were about to go into what you wanted to talk about, about Jalen Brunson. Yes. Okay. Is Jalen Brunson a top five guard in the NBA? And that's being dramatic for everyone that was about to turn off the podcast. Don't. I don't even think it's that dramatic. Let's go through the top guards in the league. Yeah, that's what I'm about to do. Luca, if we want to call Luca a guard, yeah, sure. But we'll just, for the sake of all the haters of Jalen Brunson, we'll count Luca. Yeah. Steph. Yeah. Devin Booker. Yeah. James Harden, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, Jaw. Jaw, yeah. Brad Beal. You're forgetting, yeah. Brad Beal would definitely be way lower. Clay. Clay, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's what I mean. Uh, oh, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I was about to say Donovan Mitchell. Shea. Shea Gillis Alexander. Um, I guess, I mean, DeJounte Murray is definitely below Jalen Brunson, but he's, you know. Um, but that's my point is like, I would have said Jalen Brunson two names ago. Not that I was doing that order. I just was thinking, but like. Yeah, no, I would say the only ones you can say definitively are better than Jalen Brunson. It's Luca, Steph, Booker. I would still probably have Dame in there and Shea. I'd put Shea in there. And then and if you count. Jaw maybe, but Jaw is like a little bit iffy to me, honestly. Anthony Edwards, I think, is not there. Not quite. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of other guards. Um, I don't count Jalen Brown as a guard in my brain, even though yeah, he plays. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking 
guard or like like a point guard or a shooting guard that's basically a, a combo guard you know what i mean like there's there's shooting guards that are that are more of a point guard than a forward like Jalen brown is like a wing you know yeah that just plays too because his, his uh team is big yeah but like i mean and also the thing that he did it repeatedly he's not the reason they lost that game julius randall's yeah. not the only reason but julius randall was a huge reason they couldn't force game seven for sure because 41 from Jalen Brunson on an efficient 40. It wasn't like he's chucking up shots. I don't know what he ended up with, but when I looked, he was at like 36 and it was 11 for 17. <laughs> yeah, it was. It looked pretty efficient from what I remember, too. He ended up 14 for 22, 5 for 10 from three-point land, 8 for 9 from the free throw line. Yep. Um, and for those counting at home, that's pretty efficient. Yeah, especially for a point guard. <laughs> like, yeah. Only had three assists, so people can like dog on him from that. But like, that's just that was like an eye. Like, and we even talked about this when we had the conversation about MIP. Was it he got better, or was it he got in a better situation? It's probably both. And the way he stepped it up in the Heat series, I feel like we did not give enough credit to the he's just a better basketball player than he was because mm-hmm. we saw glimpses, but not this like, oh yeah, for. Well, how many games have they played in the playoffs? They won in five in these these past twelve games or thirteen five games. And six, so eleven. 11 games, he has been a force. Yes. And it's like... <laughs> Number one player on a team that can make a lot of noise in the second round of the playoffs. Yes. Like, if they didn't run into the craziness that is playoff Jimmy Butler this year, mm-hmm. and, like, his team didn't just disappear from behind him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, the... I, I was so confused by, like, in the Buck series, how Bam was so, like, I don't know, like, uh, abused by Brooke Lopez... Like just the size from the Bucks, Bam was not very effective, and then also in the first round with the Cavs and Knicks, Mitchell Robinson made Jarrett Allen look like a scrub on the boards, like he was out rebounding him all the time, and then in this series somehow Bam was like sunning Mitchell Robinson and all the the Knicks bigs. It like the rock paper scissors there was just confusing to wrap my head around, but yeah, no, and I. And that's another name that uh, is not going to get enough hate as Julius Randle. But Mitchell Robinson uh, didn't help his Knicks out all that much. Mm-hmm. Not in this series. I mean, what did he even have last night? I did, Two I did. points. Yeah. 11 rebounds in 29 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But no, that was... Somehow the Heat, who I thought was like, throughout this whole season, was like they don't have any bigs to play. Like Bam is like a pseudo big. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's playing, he's kind of playing. Big. Yeah, he's playing more, a little bit out of position when he's facing those those guys inside. Those true centers. He's yeah. more deservedly of a, um, like he's a better big than Draymond is as a big in terms of just physical attributes. But um, he's definitely not like, oh yeah, let's let's have him go toe to toe with pick a center. Yeah, like, like if I don't is, know if it, his perfect role would be to be like the biggest guy on the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like if somehow it ends up that it's heat Lakers again from the bubble, I think it's ugly, ugly for the, the, the heat. I think the Lakers are just oh. big enough. If they stay healthy, that it's oh, just yeah. ugly because they don't have an answer inside at all. Yeah, I mean, I would you would think the Knicks would have been in, have more an advantage in that category, but they really did not. But so. the Knicks also don't have Anthony Davis. Yeah, Anthony Davis, like their their dominance isn't in the paint. It is. Jalen Brunson. And I didn't think it would only be him. I, but yeah, wow, that was crazy. Yeah, it really was. It's the mentorship from Derrick Rose that really put him over the edge. Yeah, it might be, honestly. I think he's just a tipped guy through and through. 
Jalen Brunson. At his core. He is just yeah. but like it and it wasn't even like a flashy 41, which sounds crazy. It just was like, these are good shots. I'm gonna take them. And if it's a kind of not good shot, I'm good enough that I'm gonna take one or two of them. Mm-hmm. Like it just it was it was artwork to watch. Uh I thought so. But it was quite the impressive uh series. And Miami got it done in six, for those that don't know. Miami yeah. will be facing off against the winner of tomorrow night's game against the Celtics. And the Heat. So that that's where the Eastern Conference hits. Celtics and Sixers. Celtics and Sixers. My brain broke. It's all right. But the Western Conference, I've been able to hype, be hyped about my team forcing a Game 7. Your team shut down the door to Game 7. Yes. Just <laughs> they, they really did. You could argue that they removed the door. Yeah. They just like took the doorway that Phoenix thought they could walk through and moved it to Flagstaff. They just yeeted it down the road. <laughs> and it was gone after like the first five minutes of the game. Yeah, all you. This is just Nuggets corner, but like love. It's deserved. They earned it. Every player, not every player, but there's one big honey in particular that needs a little bit of love. And uh, granted, we talk about him a lot, but Jokic was crazy in that series. We do a lot. I feel kind of bad that this podcast is, it's basic. We could name it a Jokic, like, podcast and that would be pretty on brand you know what i mean we do talk a lot about him but but yeah before i get into this I, I wanted to mention the uh just the weirdness of how miami is in the the eastern conference finals and then the lakers are in the western conference finals that's an eight seed and a seven seed respectively which i was planning on looking this up before you recorded but i forgot i don't know if that's ever happened before i doubt that it's ever happened before Seeing as there's only been one eight seed to ever even make the finals, um, I doubt there was also a year where there was an eight seed and a seven seed, both in the conference finals. But yeah, Jacob, our stat guy, he's our co-host and our stat guy, uh, wears both hats. He's checking on that right now. Well, a seven seed has never even made the NBA finals, so no is the answer. Well, they could they have made the Western Conference finals, though, or like the conference oh, finals? Oh, just making a conference finals. I mean, yeah, the situation that we're in right now where there's an eight seed and a seven seed that are both in the final four. I feel like that's probably never happened. I'd be surprised if it has. The last time the seven seed made it to the conference finals was the 1987 Supersonics. 87. And they lost to the Lakers in 87. Okay, so 1987. And the last time an eight seed made it past. Was 99? Was 99. So I don't think they've ever lined up. Because that was the Knicks in the finals. That was the Knicks. Yep. In the 50-game 50, 50 season. Yeah. The Patrick Ewing-less Knicks. The origin of the Ewing theory, which for those who don't know is the concept of a team that gets better when their best player doesn't play. Did not happen to the Bucks this year, if you were wondering. Yeah. <laughs> it did not. Uh, but we talked a little bit about that with Ja and the Grizzlies before. Kind of fits in that. But yeah. So that probably has never happened. We're not definitively saying that yet. But regardless, I guess... I'll move into my Nikola Jokic victory lap, which is just, I don't know, it's kind of dumb that it even needs to happen, but the fact that it needs to happen is kind of, you know, what I'm talking about here with uh, just kind of the the disrespect. I don't, I don't know if I want to call it disrespect, but like the, the way people, the narrative and w- the conversation around Jokic this season took a turn for the worse, I guess, in a way. Like, you know, the past few seasons... Everybody talking about Jokic for the most part all loved him other than his, you know, few haters. And that's like the role that they play, like the Nick Wrights, you know, of the world. That's like his thing. His job on TV is to talk about how Nikola Jokic is not as good as as people think. Yeah, the way that people have been talking about him this year, I guess, like people like Kevin O'Connor and people that used to be Jokic lovers, I guess, 
how they kind of turned on him in a way. I hesitate to say turned on him because really all they were doing was just talking about how they prefer Joel as the MVP over him, which isn't like an insult necessarily. But I guess a lot of the reasonings that people were having with like the playoff success thing and how he shouldn't get a third straight MVP since if they haven't done much in the playoffs. And to me, I just always thought that conversation or that point was dumb because number one, it's not true. Like the precedent thing where they say that the only three people who have who have won three MVPs, Wilt, Bird, and Russell, all had a title before they won their third MVP. That's not true. Wilt won his his first championship in the postseason after the season where he had his uh, third MVP awarded to him. So it was, it was technically the same year, but he got awarded the MVP before he had a championship. So technically, Jokic would have been in the same spot that Wilt was. And besides that, also, we're talking about a guy who in the postseason, the only only sample that you can really judge him on for this precedent, because he took a huge leap from, you know, four years ago, like the year before his MVP season was like, you know, he was a solid player, like borderline top 10 player in the league. And then all of a sudden he was like arguably the best player in the league when he, you know, in his MVP year, like that was just a huge jump. So if you're judging his playoff success before that, It's just kind of dumb to me because it's like, well, yeah, he wasn't the three-time MVP yet. Um, And then in his years where he was a MVP, he didn't have his second best player or or third best player or a lot of other role players uh, for most of those series and somehow still put up some of the best playoff numbers the world has ever seen. He had two, I believe two, both of the past two years, he was top 10 all time in PER in the playoffs. Um, And he's beating his own record in that this year by ranking fifth. Jacob, it sounded like you were going to say something a little bit ago. Yeah, I like to make the kind of counter argument. It's not the fact that they like it's that if you brought up the injuries, which is we've already talked about this in a previous episode. Yep. To a million percent valid, completely valid. But the the Nuggets always disappointed in the playoffs. It felt like. Can you give me a year where it, where it seemed like the Nuggets didn't make it as far as they should have? Like, that's what I just don't get. People, I think, I feel like people just say it because they're like, oh, I know the Nuggets have never won the championship and they have a really good player, so they must have dis- disappointed in the playoffs. But I don't, I can't think of a single year where we were favored going into a series that we should have, you know, made it past, you know, or, or something like that. Like, we, we went to the, in Jokic's two MVP seasons, the first, we were swept in the second round by the Phoenix Suns. And that was a big coaching thing, too, because they kept running in action at us, putting Jokic in the pick and roll, and we were running drop coverage. So they had guys that were killing us in the mid-range with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and Michael Malone just didn't change anything. And then the second year was against the Warriors in the first round, who went on to win the championship. And Jokic put up insane numbers that series. So, But you would, like, what seed were the Nuggets? Um, was it the, the, uh, the last was it the year? Three six. We were, we were, yeah, we were the six seed. They were the three. They gave an MVP to a six seed. Yeah, that was the whole thing. I feel like I forgot about that entirely. Yeah, people didn't like it, but it was like he didn't have uh, Jamal or Michael Porter Jr. the entire season, mm-hmm. and was able to keep the the Nuggets as like a competent team that were like, and it, like the thing is, they were the six seed. But they were much closer to like the three seed than they were the seven seed. Yes, I do remember this now. I like they were like a couple like it was a it came down to the last week of the regular season to decide where things were going to be and how things were going to end up. And yeah. I remember that now. They were like a couple games, maybe a game behind the, the Sixers who were like the three seed in the East. 
they had like almost the same record that the Sixers did, who was like so the then, other candidate for the award. You know, the person who would have got it if Jokic didn't get it was on a team that was performing like equally as well. So then you would argue that Giannis shouldn't have been, it should not have been held against him year three. I agree with that. Yeah, I do. That he should not have been, it shouldn't have been held against him then at all. Wait, so Giannis is what his third year could have been, his third MVP year? It should not have been held against, like, because that, the same argument was made that, well, he chokes every year, ended up going on to win the finals. Yeah, but I don't even think, okay, yeah, that was a part of the narrative for why he didn't win his third MVP, but I never agreed with that. I think the... But an, that's what I was asking, is you still disagreed with it. Yeah, I did. But also, he had, an, he had other reasons for also maybe not winning it, because his team didn't perform near as well during the regular season that year as they had in the past. That was the year they won the title, but they, during the regular season, they were like pretty, I think they were the three seed, like they were pretty average, you know, out East. They had like the same record as the Nuggets, basically. And the Nuggets were much more undermanned. So if you look at it like that, I guess it just kind of makes sense. Like Jokic is just, do, he does more with less. Like that's kind of been the case for him the past two years. This year, it was, now you're seeing him with an actual pretty competent team around him. Not It's not like the this team is like world breakers or anything like that, but they're at least competent. They're not like Faku Campazzo and Austin Rivers as his backcourt. And so, and then he turned them into the best offense in basketball for a long time up until the last month of the season where they decided to just like, for some reason, take it really easy and not, not let anybody get hurt before the playoffs, but really did not help his, like if he cared about the MVP, like there's no way he does because we would not have seen him play the way he did down the stretch of the season because he was very like I he didn't care about the last the last month of the season and he didn't he didn't care that that was gonna cost him his MVP and uh it was quite the opposite for Joel Joel was definitely using that time of the year to be to really uh campaign for that award but yeah I guess going back to the playoff thing facing the Warriors I'm pretty sure the Warriors were favored in that series and facing the Suns, the Suns were definitely favored in that series in the second round after we had beat the Blazers. And that was also people overlooked that the Blazers team wasn't bad that we were going against in the first round and we won pretty definitively. I mean, it was, I think it was six games, but it was kind of like this Sun series, six games where where uh, we blew them out a few of the games. And, you know, like it, the point if you look at the point differential, like we destroyed them. But there was just a couple of games that were close that that we lost. That was similar for for the Portland series. And also their backcourt was arguably the best backcourt in the NBA that season uh, with Damon CJ. We were going against them with our third string point guard and our second string shooting guard. <laughs> who both do not, I guess Austin Rivers played a little bit for the Timberwolves this year, but Faku Campazzo is not even in the league anymore. But yeah, I guess there's that. I think that if you want to get into, unless you had any other thoughts, we, we could start getting into like this season and the postseason, what it's looked like for the Nuggets. Yeah, that works. Uh, just one th- I feel like the if the arguments had to be considered valid in terms of the Jokic under, not underperforming, but his team struggling in the playoffs compared to Giannis, People gave Giannis a hard time because he couldn't get to the finals. But no, the th- okay, the difference is the Bucks were supposed to win like a lot of those series that they were in and they they like collapsed. The Nuggets have never had a, a series where they were like, oh, they, they should win this. Like they never choked away a series. That never happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just because like Giannis lost that ugly five game in the bubble to the Heat. Yeah. And then the next year, they lo- or the year before that, they lost to the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and they they were supposed to win both. The, I mean, the Raptors series, they were favored, and they won 60 games in the regular season. The one against the Heat was even worse, 
you know, they I know were... the one in the heat was, but that was also the bubble. So what? <laughs> I don't understand. I, no, I, the bubble's not like it does. It doesn't. It's a whole weird deal. It's different, but everybody's playing in the same circumstances. Yes, but the Bucks' home court and the Heat's home court are very different. I'm not saying Giannis didn't perform because he didn't. I think he also got hurt in that series. Yeah, but that if was I at the very right. end. That was yeah. That was the game one four game and five. Yeah. And one of those games was the one they won because Chris Middleton turned into Michael Jordan after <laughs> after he went out like he does. Yeah. But no. And I'm not like I said, I don't think that the argument makes a whole ton of sense. Also, part of it's because Embiid has been like the bridesmaid every time and never the bride. And so he finally and, got the uh, but I don't get the, the postseason argument. Joel's had much, much, much worse postseason success than than Jokic. No, I know. It's not even close. A hundred percent. Fully aware. So I don't understand why they're like the argument against Jokic for why it should be given to Embiid is that he did that he doesn't win enough no, in the playoffs. I'm saying Embiid has always been in, the, but he's never gotten it. And MVP's like thirty percent story anymore. I get that, but I'm saying that people, it's like they forget what they just said about the last person when they're going through their candidates. You know what I mean? Like the, it's like the case for Embiid is yeah, like he he's really good and he hasn't won one yet, so people want to give it to him. But then your argument for why Jokic shouldn't win it is something that is like you could use against Embiid even more. You mm-hmm. get what I mean? No, <laughs> it doesn't <I'm>, make sense. <laughs> I am all for Joel Embiid crying every possible <laughs> turn. Not a fan of the dude. But that's, you, you I think it used just to be. Huh? You always used to be. I like that he like the way, he, but like ever since he started turning on his teammates is when I kind of have lost him. Mm. Like his like little, yeah. well, I never got the ball in the last four minutes. Yeah. And his thing with the Ben Simmons. Justified. Oh, that one's justified. That one doesn't bug me. But that's like when it started, and now he's just way more loose with teammate blame. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, that's that's a little bit. If you're going to be the best guy on your team, you take an L. Mm -hmm. You just do. Speaking of, this is kind of backtracking a little bit. The Jason Tatum comments of he's one of the best basketball players in the world, humbly. Mm -hmm. That was wild. Yeah. More the fact that he had the the, just the, I'm going to say it, after going... Five for 21. Yeah. And yeah. I do, he's not wrong. That sentence no. that he said isn't wrong in the slightest. No. But that's the dude I want leading my basketball team. Because to be a guy, you have to have that level of just like unwarranted confidence at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he also, but the way that he said it was, thanks to my teammates for keeping me in it and telling me to keep shooting. Yeah, exactly. Like they kept us in the game and then they told me to keep taking shots. So when they started landing, they kept feeding me. I'm like, you know what? There's been worse things, but I just, if, yeah, this is when it comes into more of like, not that Joel Embiid's a bad person. He also cries hilariously. So I am hoping Sunday I get a uh, hilarious cry. You're saying that the way he cries is hilarious? Is that yes. what you're saying? Okay. His, I think it's because he's such a big person, like me being fat and dancing. That's why it's entertaining. <laughs> but like his whole body moves, but he's like a lot of body. Ah, uh, I don't know if I've seen... Like y- yes, you have. I've, I've seen him crying, but I don't know if I've seen that before. He no, his whole body's just like, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> like the one where they lost to like the Kawhi the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. The bouncing shot, and then when he ran into the locker yeah, room, when or- ran into the locker room. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Oh man, he cries almost every year. Yeah. Also, I like I've always liked him B two, and I'm not saying I don't anymore. But I started to look at him very differently during this season with the the whole how he started taking shots at Jokic and then just didn't play against him. 
That was hilarious. Where when he very well could have, and apparently people are people say people in Denver say that he was spotted in the arena, like he was hiding in in the, where the team, like basically around the locker room area, like but he just never was out on the court or anything. So he was there. <laughs> it's the uh, hashtag M bitch. Yeah. E M B I I D. I can't even spell. Anyway, but, yeah. but no, that was <laughs> also I like Embiid when he's not playing the Celtics. Like, I feel like there's a lot of guys where I'm like, I love Trey Young. And, like, even in that Hawks series this year, I was like, oh, man, I love Trey Young so much, but I know how he does it. Like, I'm watching and I'm like, if this mm-hmm. was 28 other teams in the NBA, I'd be fine with that. Like, this is hilarious. This is awesome. But me, him watching hit the three at the buzzer, then sh- and I'm like, oh, my, I'm going to punt that dude across the room. <laughs> but no, yeah. it's uh, and they're yeah. good entertainers, both of them. Yeah, for sure. Joel Embiid's going to end up in the WWE after he's done playing basketball, probably. But That fits really well. <laughs> Honestly, him and Giannis would work, like, in a different way, Giannis would work as a WWE yeah, Giannis guy. would be a baby, and then uh, Jokic would, not Jokic, Jokic will disappear. Jokic is a dude, we'll see his jersey get retired, and then we won't see him again until, yeah. like, NBA 150, mm-hmm. or one, 125, whatever they, come bring 100. him back and say, they're at seventy six. One hundred's too close. No, he'll he'll disappear longer than that. You don't think he'll be he'll come to the one hundred year anniversary thing, dude? I think he is. I feel like he'd show up. I think the <laughs> only thing he likes about basketball is basketball, and he probably likes the money. Like, no, what human being wouldn't? He likes he, I think he hates being famous. Yeah, I don't think he cares about that. But he maybe cares is a better term. Yeah, he's very nice to the people he interacts with, though. Like. You know what I mean? Like when he he when he does interact with fans mm-hmm. and with like, you know, reporters and people like that, he's always pleasant, pleasant. Yeah. So it's not like he's like, uh, everybody get out of here. But he's I don't think. Yeah, I, I agree. That he does. He doesn't. I mean, just look at what he's doing right now in between the series. Did you see that when they asked him what he was going to do in his on his break? No. He's like, I'm going to watch my my friend race horses in Italy and Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh go to the swimming pool hopefully <laughs> so yeah I, he's a great interview he never disappoints honestly yeah that's wild but no we can move on i don't really have anything else to add to that the the nuggets unless you want to dive into the nuggets specifically more if you want to look at the whatever whatever direction you want to roll with it homie yeah i was thinking looking at you know the playoffs so far this season because i haven't really talked about the Nuggets at all in the postseason yet. I've been a good boy and staying away from talking about the Nuggets and, you know, giving other teams some time. But yeah, so like, you know, obviously they won the Timberwolves series. I think we, we talked about that at least a little bit. Yeah. But so far in the playoffs, Jokic is, well, I guess just last series, just looking at in the second round of the playoffs, Jokic right now, at least, I don't know, it might change after game seven tomorrow, but he's... He led the entire NBA in the second round for points, assists, and rebounds total, which is pretty nuts. Right now, he's averaging 30.7, 12.8, 9.7. That's in the playoffs overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last, 11 games. I think last series, he was at like 32, uh, I want to say 32, 10, 12, and 10. I'm going to look at that to make sure. 30, oh, wow, I was off. 35, 13, and 10. <laughs> okay. A little bit different, but still, that's, wow, okay. I'm not even still, it's like even better than I was saying. So yeah, 35, 13, and 10 is what he averaged on the season, on the series. And so he's, I guess I'll ask you two questions here to reveal this. 
So there's only been, how many people do you think have averaged in all of NBA history, averaged at least 30, 10, and 10, so a 30-point triple-double in a playoff series? I'm going to give you an over under four and a half. That's definitely under. Under? Yeah. The it's probably answer- Wilt, him, Bill Russell. No, just kidding. He didn't score that many points. Wilt, Jokic, and... It's not Wilt, Who's by the a way. good third one? Peak Dwight Howard? No. it's uh, They're both in the same year, uh, randomly. They're both in 2017. It's only two? Yep. Well, like, other than Jokic. 2017, yep. 10 boards. So it's LeBron? LeBron, yep. In the finals. And 2017, who would have had just 30 points a game? Yo, Kawhi. Nope. It was in the West, though. It's a West... He also, this is probably going to give it away, but he won MVP that season. Who is like the most obvious guy for a 30, 10, and 10? Oh, <laughs> Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So he averaged a 30, 10, and 10 in the first round series against the Rockets, which they lost 4-1. And uh, LeBron also lost in the finals against the Warriors. That was the year the Warriors almost swept the entire finals, but the Cavs beat them one game. Once. Uh, yeah, so and LeBron averaged a uh, three-point triple-double in that one. Uh, but yeah, so this is the first ever playoff series win where somebody has averaged 30, 10, and 10. And Oof. he also did it on 66% true shooting, which is, uh, I guess LeBron's, LeBron's was pretty good too, but his was 63%, so Jokic beat him. But then Russell Westbrook was 51% true shooting, which is, I mean, it's that's not very good at all, but... Like, I think his field goal percentage was like 38% that series. So, Jokic did it quite efficiently, did it in style, and also did it in a way that was like, he, I just feel like people, I'm glad people are watching this series or this this past series that just happened because, you know, how I always talk about how he, he's a guy that doesn't score unless the game demands it. And I just think that people usually just hear that. It kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Like, people are like, yeah, you're, you know, but like, it's so crazy when once if you watch like enough Nuggets basketball, like where you realize how true that is. That's like if if you tell me that Jokic scored 53 points in a game, I'm not sure if I want that because that probably means we either lost or we almost lost. You know what I mean? Like that that doesn't happen unless. Yeah. Like nine times out of 10, it's an L. Yeah. It's, it's not not going well if Jokic has to cook. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just if our offense is working, then that means Jokic is our the distributor. He's just playing the role that he he wants to be playing. But if things aren't working, then that's when he's taking actually taking shots and and going to the post and abusing people down there, which works pretty well. But it's like it just takes him a while to actually go to that. You know what I mean? And uh, but yeah, he went to that in the Sun series a few times with the you know them having to guard him with uh, Jock Lawndale and Bismack Biombo for stretches. Um, other people in this series, though, I, I kind of want to touch on Aaron Gordon. I want to give him some praise because I don't feel like he's gotten much nationally. Like the job he did guarding Durant this series was incredible. Like I at the very beginning of this series, game one, the first possession I watched, I was like, wow, Aaron Gordon did a good job defending Durant there, but it still looked like an easy shot for Durant. Do you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, because he's Durant. Exactly. And so I was a little bit worried, but I honestly think like, so yeah, a lot of the shots that he was taking were like Durant type shots, but Durant usually doesn't take, have to take those shots every single possession. You know what I mean? It's like every single possession is a turnaround fadeaway. Uh, and Aaron Gordon was doing a really good job defending him on that, uh, getting up into his business, bothering it. And yeah, that's, I feel like that's what was the main contributor to Durant not showing up 
super big in this playoffs uh, the way that people thought that he should, basically. Booker, on the other hand, which is weird because going into the series, if you ask me who am I more confident about stopping, being able to stop, like for Nuggets personnel-wise, I would have said Booker because I'm like, we have KCP and Christian Brown and Bruce Brown. Like I feel like all those guys just by committee, we would do a pretty good job on Booker. Didn't really, like KCP stayed in front of him, but like Devin Booker could just get to his shot it feels like in the most comfortable way, no matter what, like even if there's a guy in front of him, I think Christian Brown did a better job on Booker than than KCP did because he, he like actual contesting the shot wise was way more, you know, up and contesting it. But still like, yeah, Booker, he ascended to a new class, at least in my book, in this series and this playoffs in general, like he was incredible. I think he averaged, I mean, besides like game five and six, the last two games, those ones were, uh, he kind of finally cooled off. But before that, he was amazing. Like he was shooting like 79% from the field in games three 80% and four. 80% from the field in game two. And then game three, he was 83% from the field. Okay. Game two, he was 80? Sorry, 80% in game three. two, 77% in game three. I looked at his free throw percentage on accident. Uh, Okay. What was game four? That was the one where he scored 30. Sorry. I have, I forgot about, I just did dates wrong. Okay. So it's three and four, right? Not two and three. The game he had. 46 was game three, I think. 47 was game. Or 47, I guess. Three. It would have been game three. And then 36 in game four. They have just the dates wrong. What are you looking at? On basketball reference. Oh. Because it says March 1st or May 1st, May 5th, May 7th, May 9th, and May 11th. Those days might be right, but it says that it says that it looks like Denver, unless one of the games. Oh, this is only the last five, so it's not showing oh. game one. Okay, so yeah, that's games, why. game three and four. He had forty-seven and he shot eighty percent. Game four, he shot seventy-seven percent and had thirty-six. Mm-hmm. And Durant also had thirty-six that game. Yes, and Shamit had like nineteen. Yeah, so that was the Shamit game. Yeah, we lost that one, but the series looks closer than it actually was being six games because those two road games, like there was like unbelievable shot making from Durant and Booker. And it was still incredibly close. Like it was five point game, one of them, and then seven, the other. And the Nuggets, I believe every game we won was pretty big, at least like 10. We blew them out game one and game six. So, and game five, I think was a pretty not close contest. I think it was like, and I think it ended up looking closer than it actually was. I think it was 118, 102. Now that I'm thinking about it. But we were up like 24 when the game was basically over. But yeah, so Jokic is just, I don't know what else to say about him, but he's a special guy. I'm glad we have him. And I think, honestly, I am convinced more now. I know like we do this overreaction thing every year in the playoffs when one guy is, you know, cooking. But I feel like I've been thinking about this the past year or so now where I'm like, I, I just, I outwardly have always said, you know, Giannis is probably number one. But I, in my mind, I've always been like, I would rather have Jokic, though. Like, I, I just feel like I would. And I, I don't know. I'm committing to, I would rank Jokic number one if we had to do rankings. You know, I wouldn't say anybody else is wrong for not putting him number one and putting Giannis or Durant, probably not Durant at this point, but maybe one of those guys over him. I wouldn't say you're wrong, but I would agree to disagree, basically. And I feel like I've come to, and do you want to know? This is a good question to ask you. I feel like the answer would surprise you. Do you know who the first person that I can ever remember uh, saying Jokic is the best player in the world was? Chris Vernon. No. And it's a play. It's a basketball player. Just for a hint. Marcus Smart. I'll give you one more hint. He was a teammate. Will Barton the <laughs> third. 
<laughs> that's a really good guess, but it was Michael Porter Jr. in the bubble. That's like a that's a terrible seal of approval. I know. Out of all the people I would want to tell me I'm the best basketball player they've ever played with, I guess it that, wouldn't be MPJ. It was just more so from like the r- completely random. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's out of nowhere. Yeah, and it doesn't. I guess like I get what you're saying, where you might not necessarily always 100% respect. Michael Porter Jr.'s basketball opinion, but I feel like that almost makes it better because you would think that Michael Porter Jr. would favor more of like a bucket getter type of guy as as the best. Yeah, I guess. To, but when he said it, though, was I like I didn't agree with him at the time when he said it. I was like, wait, what? But like he said in a postgame interview in like 2020 in the bubble. And that was the first time I feel like I've ever heard that where somebody said Nicole Jokic is the best basketball player in the world. But MPJ has turned out to be right. I feel like. <laughs> He saw it coming, but yeah. Oh, and I'll also, there's another good Jokic question, which I, I feel like you already looked at it now, actually, but were you aware before today that Jokic has the best PER average, like a career average PER in the postseason of all time? I didn't know that because I, I know that he was third all time for just everything for best career PER, but I didn't realize he had mm-hmm. best playoff PER. Yep. If you're looking at NBA and ABA combined, best career playoff PER, number one is Jokic. You know who number two is? It's pretty obvious. Probably Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan uh, with 28.6. Jokic is 29.0 basically. And uh, the number three is the curveball that he's, it's a deep reach back into the past. Ooh. Elgin Baylor. No, but same, similar era. He's even older than Elgin Baylor. He was white, big man. He has a drill named after him, which is a big man drill. Suicide. (laughs) No, this player played for the Lakers, though, but it wasn't the Los Angeles Lakers. It was the the Minneapolis Lakers. Oh, I'm not going to come up with it. It's going to make me mad. George Mikan is who is is the uh, what what award is he named is named after him? George Mikan is the most improved, I think. That sounds right. I think he's most improved, which I don't know, I guess, the career of, you know, that he had, if he had some random leap in his career or not, or if they just wanted to give him an award to have his name on. But yeah. 10 in 1955 to 18 points a game in 1953. Oh, that would make sense. That's a pretty big jump. And yeah. then by 1950, oh, no, that's backwards. <laughs> Wait, what? So that was backwards. He got worse. <laughs> oh, like those were his last seasons, probably. Yeah, it looks like he progressed backwards. Granted, these might not be, unless he only played for... Oh, the other thing, though, the very beginning of the NBA was really... Was his first year 47? 48. Okay, so that was the second year of the NBA, I believe. So the very beginning of the NBA was weird. Like, it started off super, super low pace. Like, not very many stats. Like, not very many shots per game. He had 28 points a game in 48. Oh, okay. So, but then he went down? Yeah. Okay. 28, 27, 28, 23, 20, 18. Okay. I know the pace went to an all-time high shortly after, like it was like in the 60s, is like the all-time high of pace, basically. Oh, and he was not playing in the 60s at all. Very short career. Yeah. So like if you adjust for era, I don't know if you've heard this before, but like if you adjust for pace, Kobe's 81-point game, if it was played in 1962, which is when Wilt scored 100, Mm -hmm. it would be 106 points if you adjust for pace. So technically, Kobe's was, uh, you know, more. Not technically, hypothetically. Like I'm saying technically it was more points per possession. Like it was. Oh, yes. It was uh, more impressive in terms of that, like how 
how many opportunities he had to score points. I think we're going to see it again. We're going to see another 80. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah, because the pace has been going up in the last decade. It's basically kind of flattened now where it's been like the past three or four years. It's been like the same, but it's still like it's near where it was in the 60s. It's still like a few, I think, uh, possessions per game below, but it's around. It's like right around 100. It's I think it's a little bit above 100. That's why when you use stats as a per 100 is like very, very close to like a per game. So, yeah. Anyways, I don't remember what I was going to. Oh, yeah. The playoffs bracket. I was going to look at that. So then we have obviously the Lakers going into. Oh, we didn't mention Golden State at all, but that, to. that was a collapse. Like, I just feel like Steph was by himself. Windows closed. It's over. Jordan Poole. At least for that core. Can we those talk? Those guys can. Go, keep going. Sorry. We kind of talked about it. Like, those guys still have parts. They still have a window as a career, but just not in the role they have right now. Like, I don't know if Steph will win another title. This was the conversation we had about the Bucks last episode, I think. that That's who it was. Yeah. But I feel like the, the Warriors are in a very similar situation where all those guys, I think, are capable of being an asset to a championship team. But I do not think it is in the current role they are at. Yeah, that would make sense. I would agree. Other than Steph, obviously. Yes, I think Steph could has a, a year or two more of being able to be the best guy on the team and mm-hmm. still make it work. But And I think Wiggins it would have been better if Wiggins hadn't missed like so much time right before coming back, you know, if he yeah. wasn't trying to get reacclimated and stuff because he was by far the second best player. I shouldn't say by far because Draymond's really valuable too, but like he was pretty great candidate for their second best player throughout the whole season. And then when he was coming back, he was not contributing, you know, like that to begin. He didn't look the same. Yeah. And then, yeah. So Jordan Poole is who I kind of wanted to talk about here for a second, because what in the world? Like he is how, Man, like they haven't even the weirdest thing is they haven't even started paying him the money that they've signed him to because he still has this last year left on his deal on his rookie deal because they signed it a year before they needed to. So if they would have waited, <laughs> there's no way he's getting that money right now. You know, no way. I think he's going to jump up to like 30 million a year. So not super great, at least in the 20s. I know it's at least in the 20s. I think it's 32 million average. And this guy can't even like he was shouldn't even have been playing towards the end of this series. He wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I, like I'm saying at all, like he at least was he had like a few minutes, but he is projected to be roughly 20 percent of a league cap because he got a bird rookie extension. Oh, you're saying his money. OK, how much he's going to get paid? Yes, it will be roughly 20 percent of a team's cap. Yeah. So one fifth of your team's money is going towards Jordan Poole, who might not be. And I don't know who takes that. I don't know who takes that. Yeah, it might be a similar like thing to James Wiseman, where there's a team out there willing to take a swing on him. But for that money, though, is just no. But th- that's it's the money. Yeah, like they don't have assets left to ship out. Really, they do, but not in the same way. Money wise, to make anything match is going to be a nightmare. Like I just don't know what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they still have their own picks to trade, but that's just it's kind of a terrible situation to be in where you have to trade away your own picks to get rid of Jordan Poole, you know? Or <laughs> do they just write it out for four years and hopes he pulls his head out? I'm guessing that's you're what you're doing. you're wasting the Steph window. Yeah, it depends, I guess. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough spot to be in. Also, I don't even know what is going to happen because Bob Myers, their, their GM, the guy that built that team, mm-hmm. drafted all those guys, is his contract is up this offseason and there's no word on if he's sticking around or not, it sounds like he might not. 
it sounded like he was gonna uh he was thinking about moving into media for some reason i don't know why you would do that if you're a front like i feel like you get paid a lot more being like you know the guy who make calls all the shots on the biggest team like the most successful team this decade or in the past few unless decades. he just turns into the next Woj because he like is just calling his no, buddies insider yeah that's true he would work pretty well at that but yeah that was i guess our little jordan pool eulogy but yeah it was weird to see the lakers oh yeah this is another thing i wanted to share lakers and nuggets in the western conference finals that's like the nuggets have been in four conference finals in the entire since the aba merger and every single one of them have been against the los angeles lakers really yeah mm-hmm. 2009 at least i'm sure I, like i heard somebody not say it quite like that but if i interpreted them correctly that's what they meant you know i know for sure though that 2009 2020 and this year obviously for all the lakers and then i think there's one back in like the 70s or 80s probably 80s that we made the conference finals in and i think that was the lakers also because that would have been showtime that would have been the showtime lakers back in the 80s when we had uh yeah because it was alex english so you've got this year oh eight and then conference finals yep in 84 did you say oh eight yep it was oh nine wasn't it it was on oh eight oh nine i think oh yeah that's what yeah oh nine oh then that like the year the games were played in 09 looking at how the season's written because basketball's dumb and goes across the year but it's no it's when you say the 09 season unless you're looking on some 08, weird 09 you but like when you say the 09 season you're talking about 0809 like on that's psychotic i'm a football brain that's not how it works oh okay so you're just that's just you doing that not the site like it, yes okay, it's 09 that's how my brain and <laughs> like 0809 all right, but like the 08 barely matters in like for the NBA season. It's 77 they lost to the Supersonics. 77. Okay, so that was the conference finals, 77. Okay. So, yeah, so then the last 3 of the 4 have been against Lakers, I guess. But the Supersonics, that would have been with like that was the year 2 years before they won the title. But anyways, I guess let's get into our game. Unless you had any other thoughts on basketball? Nope. I am fresh out of basketball takes. All right. Then let's get into this. Going to do the NBA random player generator. I've explained this the last few times we played it, but just for a quick other explanation, me and Jacob are going to have three random players, and uh, we're going to have to get each other to guess who the players are by giving each other little by little clues. And my last one will be a Hall of Famer. Do you want to do that too? Do you want a Hall of Famer? Sure. I'll struggle more, but sure. Okay. Because the three random ones I just got are super easy. So I'll do four. I'll, we'll do four. I'll do. I'll give you these three and a Hall of Famer. And is there a generator for that too? Uh, no, I just look up and then I just randomly pick one. Okay. Oh, I found one. All right. And I got. I got a Hall of Famer that you can definitely get. All right. So I'll start. Okay. So this player, your first player, is the most obvious, um, which is a hint in and of itself. But he went to the University of Duke. Jason Tatum. Yep. Bingo. Zow. His nicknames on Basketball Reference, he's got J and Taco J. No JT? They don't have it on here, but I think sometimes, I don't even know if like, let's see if Anthony Davis has AD in his, because I don't think they even show it for, if it's just like initials. That, oh, no, they do. They do have it on his. Because like AD is more AD than he is Anthony Davis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Same thing with KD. KD yeah. KG. Yeah. The initials. Those are probably the main initials, guys. Maybe CP. CP3. Yeah. But yeah, I think AD and KD are probably used like more than their name. Yes, I I agree. 
Okay, your first player stands at six foot tall. He's and they are they played in nine games this year. Okay. Six foot tall. But their name is way bigger than nine name nine games. Is this Peyton Pritchard because he didn't get in much? No, he was like six two. It, no, it's not Peyton Pritchard. This player is from the Bronx. Kemba Walker? Yes. Nice. New York point guard. He's only played in nine games. Nine games, but they're way bigger than nine games. Like, their name is way... Yeah, obviously. But yeah, he's he's on the Mavericks. Yeah. Wow. And what was his... He had Cardiac Kemba, I'm guessing? Uh, Yes. Cardiac Kemba was the one, and then... I have to pull it up again, because I remembered them, and then I just closed the tab like a dingleberry. Just Cardiac. So there's Cardiac Kemba and Cardiac? No, just Cardiac. There's no oh. Cardiac Kemba. Okay. Just... <laughs> Cardiac. Gotcha. That works. All right, so your next one, he went to the University of Syracuse. Tyler Wyden. Nope. Or Cream Christmas. Nope. This player, like those two that you just named, is not currently in the NBA. Fab Mello. No. Do you want another guess or another hint? Yeah. I'm going to try to give you one that doesn't give it away. This is just Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. I was trying, I was like, I was going to say drafted to the Nuggets, but then I was like, there, yeah, he would get that right away mellow obviously hoodie mellow yep sweet melon and one i've never heard mel hoodie just, just mel. mel yeah it's cool <laughs> yeah sorry keep going this one is wild so they're six foot five Do, okay i'll just try to name a six foot five james harden their name is alec but you don't know that their name is alec i will bet money on it I shouldn't say that. I'm rather confident that you don't you don't know this person as Alec. I didn't know it until I read it just now. Okay. Alec. Six foot five. So, okay. Is his name that is used for him like a normal first name? Yeah. It's a name for sure. Yes. But is it also kind of like a, a word, like a cool, you know, like a nickname thing? Like no. A, it's not like a Bones or something like that? No, 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 no. His his. The name he goes by as a first name is a name. It's actually derived from their middle name, but I'm not going to say that because then that will lead it to you pretty easy. Uh, they're 195 pounds. Okay, 6'5", 195. This isn't Devin Booker, is it? It is not Devin Booker. Okay, and I think he's probably listed as 6'6 on there. You got another hint? They were the 27th ranked recruit in the class of 2018 out of high school. Yeah, 2018 you said? Yeah. So then he would have been in the 19th draft. 27th ranked recruit. Is this Keldon Johnson? Nope. Okay. They were drafted by the Bulls. Drafted by the Bulls in 2019? Yes. And he's 6'5". 195. Did he play for the Bulls? Yes. Okay. He was an all-rookie. Part of the all-rookie teams. Is this Kobe White? Yeah. Oh. His name is Alec Jacoby White. Oh. I, yeah, I had no idea. Didn't know that at all. But uh, No nicknames listed. Yeah, for some reason at first I, I kept he kept coming to mind when we were talking about Bulls, but I kept pushing him off because I thought he was the next draft for some reason. But then I thought about it again. I was like, no, he's definitely 2019. So yeah, his real name is Alec. Wow. Alec White. Alec White. Okay. Interesting. What does he have any nicknames listed? Not a single one. Wow. That's disappointing. Your next one. This is a good one. This will be you'll probably get it, but this is like obscure enough, you know, to where it's not like you know, it's going to take a few guesses, probably. So the college he went to was the University of Arizona. Aaron Gordon. Nope. DeAndre Ayton. No. Sorry. This player, I don't think... Yeah, he has not played this season. So his last active season was last year, 2021-22. You might not know him for going to Arizona. Trevor Ariza? 
No. Maybe I just think Arizona and Ariza. I have no idea if Ariza went to Arizona, but that would work so well name-wise. I think that's why my brain did that. Yeah. Um, I think he, it, are you up for another clue? Have you? Uh, yeah, you guessed Trevor, Trevor Reza. So the team he was drafted to was the Indiana Pacers in 2013 as the 23rd overall pick. And that is the real team that he actually was drafted by and started playing for. The Pacers? Yep. Played there for three seasons, 2014 through 2016. So drafted in 13. Yep. So 2014 was his rookie year. <laughs> I was just making fun of the year conversation yeah. we were having earlier. What position? He's a small forward for all but for, uh, two of his last three years. So not his last year, but the two years before that, he was listed as power Okay, so Aaron Gordon was 14. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Yeah, he what, was. 14. When you see this guy, what team do you think? It's between, I would say Pelicans. Pelicans? Yeah. Pacers? I don't think of him for Pacers. It would probably be Pacers. It would probably be Pelicans or maybe Atlanta, maybe. But that—that's just because that was more recent. That's the team he ended with. That was the last team he played for. Solomon Hill. Yep. Good job. His nickname Solo. That works. Yeah. Not very clever, but works nevertheless. All right. So this yeah, is my last one pulled up. Third one. Yeah. This is a doing you your NBA guy or do you want your regular guy? Wait, I don't understand. Oh, regular you your is guy the- that's in the league or just freshly out of the league or the Hall of Famer. Sorry. The just freshly one first. Okay. Five foot 11. Last year in the league was last year. So he hasn't played at all this season. Nope. Tremont Waters. No. He is 183 pounds at 5'11". Uh, I think Carson Edwards is even smaller than that. I think he's like 5'9". I, I'll just say Carson Edwards. Older than that. He was drafted in 2008. Drafted in 08 and he lasted all the way till last season? Sneakily. Was okay. So five eleven. He played for Houston and LA last year. DJ Augustine. Yep. Okay. I don't remember him on the Lakers really last, but I remember him on the Rockets last year. This is how I got that. It looks like it might have been trade deadline. Oh. First of March was his for yeah. The first of March was his first game as a Laker. Yeah, that makes sense. He probably yeah didn't want to stick around in Houston <laughs> last year. It might have been a buyout. Oh, you got me a Hall of Famer. Yes, you have a Hall of Famer now. Uh, let me get his basketball reference pulled up. All right, so this player... Win- no nicknames for DJ Augustine. Really? I feel like he could have had nicknames. I think of him in a Bobcats jersey right away. That's where he got drafted. Yeah, Bobcats and probably Magic would be the second. Magic is what I think of. Yeah. Him and Jameer Nelson. Jameer Nelson, yeah, for sure. All right, this one, I'll give you... Okay, so he didn't go to college, but I'll give you his nickname, one of his nicknames, because I don't think he would, you know... I'd never heard this as his nickname. This is one of his nicknames. You've definitely recognized the other one, but this one is The Big Sleep. Bob Cousy. No. The Big Sleep? Yeah. Is it KG? No. Because he's the big ticket. I don't know if he had like another one. Yeah, I get you. But no. The- Hall of Famer. Yep. Hall Shaq? Famer. No. This, he went Charles to- Barkley. So I'm this- just thinking of fat guys now. Yeah. So this guy, I think, I'm guessing. This might be mean, but... I'm guessing the reason he has that that nickname is because of his face, like his Marcus eyes. Marcus Camby is he in the Hall of Fame? No, but that era, same era, Marcus Camby. His his eyes are very like slant, they're tilted and they're droopy. I again, I don't know if I'm just being mean, and that's not the reason why he's called that, but that's what my mind goes to right away. He was drafted to. Um, I won't give you the team because I feel like that gives away too much. He was drafted ninth overall. 
1997. The Big Sleep. But I'll know his other nickname. Like, does he go by his other nickname, like, exclusively? Not exclusively, like, no one ever says his real name, but they say that his other nickname, like, just as much as people say his real name. What's his calling card? He's a bucket. Like, an absolute bucket. A bucket in the same era as Marcus Camby. Yeah. That has, that looks like they're just a little stupid and kind of sleepy. Yeah. And he's, like, he's a lot bigger than he played. Like, he was, he's, like, kind of a shooting guard, but he was 6'8", 210. He's an oversized shooting guard. Yeah. Does this oversized shooting guard have a cousin that is also crazy famous for playing basketball? Yes, he does. This would be T-Mac. Yep, Tracy McGrady. The big sleep. The big sleep. That's hilarious. (laughs) I don't know why the shooting guard being oversized is what clicked in my head. Yeah. But I never realized that he was like a giant human. He's 6'8", yeah. Yeah, I was like, he's like not LeBron size, but he's he's a a big dude. Yeah, exactly. 15 point... or. 13 points in 15 seconds, or is it 15 points in 13 seconds? I believe it's 13 points in like 30 second, 30 something seconds, I want to say. For some reason, I thought it was 15, but I'm stupid. So I think it was 13 points. I, I'm more confident about that than I am the time. Yeah. 13 points in 33 seconds. Yeah. I was, I was going to say 33. Man, she just spout out guesses. Okay. You're a Hall of Famer. A little bit harder than T-Mac. Okay. I'm prepared. Six foot three, 180 pounds. Right-handed point guard and shooting guard. Uh, Jerry West? No. I think close-ish to era. Probably a little bit earlier than West, if anything. Bob Cousy? Jerry West was... Wait, did my brain break? I think it did. Jerry West stopped in the 60s, right? Um, Like, played in the 60s? He did play in the 60s, but I think he played into the 70s, too. Like, like 60s into 70s? Yeah, not, not 50s, but 60s into 70s. I think 69 was the year he won the first ever finals MVP. Something, somewhere around there, around 69. Okay, so this guy is just aggressively the same era. Uh, he was the second overall pick in 66. He's a guard, point guard, shooting guard. In the Hall of Fame, yes. is the reason the he's, is the reason he's in the Hall of Fame <clears throat> like more so the team he played for rather than him? Um, he earned it. Okay, he averaged twenty points over over twelve seasons. Okay, man, do you know this name? Like, do you know? Yes, it's like a weird one that I know, but I definitely know this name. But like, you probably didn't know the all the de- these details about him, though. No, I I would not have just known that. Okay, is this is it is his first name Paul? No. Okay. It is a super white guy name, though. Roger? Same idea. I, I don't know why I said Roger as a super white guy name. I, I feel like that's equally... Like, yeah. <laughs> but... Well, this one also is equally, but like when but when you think of like... It's a very... One of those names where you're just like, pick a random name. It's This is a name that probably comes up. Bob. No. Just keep shooting. Is it in the first half of the alphabet or second half for the first letter? First half. First quarter. Uh, John. No. Um, that's probably not even first quarter. Uh, it's like right past the cutoff because I think Jay's 10th. Oh, okay. I, he played for the Pistons. Back in the 60s and 70s. Point guard for the Pistons played from 66 to 77. Or 66, 67 to 77, 78. Point guard averaged just over 20 points a game. Played for... De- uh, the Pistons primarily, as well as the Bullets and Boston for one year. Boston for one year. And 78. But Piston, like, the re- I know this dude as a Piston, for sure, exclusively. I didn't even realize he played for Boston. You know him as a Piston? Yes. And so what years were he? was he on the Piston? You said... 66 yeah. through 75. 
I can't even, I don't even know if I could name a piston from before the eighties. I don't, I, he was um, the rookie of the year, seven time all-star 1967, 1968 scoring champ, three time all NBA was part of the NBA's 75th anniversary team. You said he was the 67, 68 scoring leader. Is that what you said? Yes. Um, man. Okay. First quarter of the alphabet. Does it start with D? Yeah. First name does. Is it Dennis? No. Dan. Closer, but not right. It's like D-A. His... You know this dude for sure. Come on. You can get D-A. there. A. It's not any form of Dan. Like there's not any. No. Okay. Uh, D- Dale. D- I'm so. David. More. Co- yes. David is his real name, but he goes by Dave. Oh, uh, Dave Cowens. No. I was going to say, I thought he was a big man. Dave Cowens. But he, he also led the league in scoring back in the 60s. Dave. Dude, throw in the towel. No, no, I just, I'm just trying to think. Dave. Second overall pick. Um, What's what his initials? DB. Dave Burton. Dave. Oh, Dave DeBusher? No. I was going to say that's not DB, but that's close to DB. Um, Is this harder than I thought it was? I have no idea. I might just be completely blanking on somebody, but Dave. It's a sound. It's a sound. So is it one kind sil- of. syllable? It's one syllable, four letters. Starts with a B. Oh, Bing, Dave Bing. <laughs> yes. Okay, I I don't I know nothing of Dave Bing other than the name. So there's why that like oh. I, I couldn't tell really? you what position, where he played, oh. anything. I only know the name. To okay. Be honest. And that he shows up on. I think I might have been able to get to he was he led the league in scoring one time, but that was probably it. I want to do another one. That was. <laughs> That was not satisfying. All right. Well, this is the last one. And if you want another one, to be fair, we can do that too. I'm Gucci gang. Okay. I'll give you an easy one. Uh, okay. He went to Georgetown. He's a Hall of Famer. Patrick Ewing. Nope. He's a guard. Allen Iverson. Yep. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I've got this one. Six foot tall, 175 pounds. Great. Back with the point guards. Uh, six foot, 175 um, Isaiah Thomas. No. Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, I knew that. I, I said, I'm talking old Isaiah Thomas when yeah. I said that. Um, so next clue, air, like decade. Can you give me the decade he was drafted? Or him and Jordan Jordan were co-aligning almost at peak efficiency. They always they were in the same era, aggressively so. Okay. And he's a Hall of Famer. Oh yep. Hall of Famer. So the the only people that come to mind right away from that is John Stockton and Gary Payton. But I don't think it's either of them. I think Gary Payton's like 6'3". John Stockton's like at least 6'1". Um, I want to say at least. Is it John Stockton? I No, it is not. Okay. I did not realize that this individual was this short. Okay. Is he a point guard? Yes. And he was the same era as Jordan. He was a star, obviously, because he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, what Like the team that he played for the most, what conference were they in? Western. Okay, six foot Western Conference. Uh, so they must have faced. Did they ever face each other in the finals? I was okay. Were they? Was he pretty on the sure Lakers? No. So he wasn't on the Lakers, the Blazers, the Suns, um, the uh, Sonics, or the Jazz. They didn't face off in the no. Have so, but he never played for any of those teams that I just said. No. Okay. Uh, Lakers, Blazers, Suns, Sonics, no. Jazz. I know him for two teams. One's in the West and one's in the East. Okay, six foot. Was he on the Dream Team? No. Okay, I was going to say, I feel like John Stockton's the only short guy that was on the Dream Team, but he was in the same era as the Dream Team. Or was he a little bit before Jordan? Because A little bit after, if anything. But they, oh. 
pretty much because Jordan retired technically in 03. Yeah, that was his third retirement. <laughs> but like he stopped yeah, that playing was, basketball. That was his after. final retirement, yeah. Okay. Yes, they both stopped playing in 03. This guy started in 89, so a couple years okay. after Jordan. But. Yeah, yeah, 89. So he was in the 88 draft. And you know him for the West, or you know him for two different teams. Is one, One's in the West, one's in the East, you said? Yes, my brain thinks of two different jerseys on this individual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, is one of them the Cavs? No. He was drafted into the, what team was he drafted to? Can you give me that? Golden State. That's one of the jerseys. Oh, man, why was I not thinking of Tim Hardaway? I, I, my, like, my last, like, last hint was going to be, like, his kid also plays in the NBA. Oh, yeah, that that. Because uh, the reason I also don't think I realized he was this short is because Tim Hardaway is like six six, isn't he? Tim Hardaway Jr. is, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, he's like six five and a half, six six. Okay. So I'm yeah, I'm just being more specific, but yeah, he's in that range. Tim Hardaway, I knew Tim Hardaway was that short though because he was like the he like he didn't invent the crossover, but he he very much popularized it. He was like the the uh, Allen Iverson to AI. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. I believe the the term crossover started being used because like because of him. Hmm. I want to say I might be totally wrong on that, but he had a move at least that was very very famous. I'm pretty sure it was his crossover. But yeah, Tim Hardaway, uh, very uh, publicly. Um, I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna talk about his his bad qualities. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, we're gonna close off this episode now. Because uh, we've been on here for quite a while, obviously having a good time doing the, the game. But please like and subscribe if this was a YouTube video, which I think it is actually, since this we're recording this on video. Depends on how this goes when I get the files. But hopefully this is on YouTube. So please like, subscribe to the channel, uh, follow the podcast feed if you're listening on audio, and give the show a rating. Uh, join my Patreon if you don't mind. I've been thinking about maybe putting like a link to just like my Venmo or something like that, because I know some people have like a thing like they're more willing to just give like a one time donation versus signing up for a subscription. I might do that eventually. So if you look in the description of wherever you're listening to this, the description for the show, uh, not the episode, but the show, I'll probably put that in there sometime soon. So, yeah. I uh, would appreciate it. But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, Jacob, do you have anything to say? Any last words for the people at home? Not other than peace.